Thank you so much for making it up here. Thank you for having us. It's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Uh, we've met in Harlem at the Vinyl Festival. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was super interesting what you guys are doing. And I loved your YouTube channel where you have up three clips where you are from the intro. I stole a little bit of that footage and I enjoyed that very much. So before we really get into the stampers and uh, why, why stampers are so important and without stampers, why this couldn't be in my background, I would say, may you introduce yourself a little bit and we talk a little bit about stamper disc. Yeah. Um, so I'm Elsie Chadwick and I am the uh, customer service manager at Stamper Disc. Um, this is Martin Frings. He is the production director. Um, and yeah, Martin set this up with Peter uh, in 2018 um, and your experience, maybe you should talk about your experience. Yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I sort of had experience working in the stamper manufacturing industry for a while uh, and pressing plants, having worked as sort of pressing plants in London uh, and Canada um, and yeah. Had a, had, a, uh, had a dream to start my start my own, but then we uh, got sidetracked into making stampers, and uh, yeah, we've been doing it since two thousand and eighteen. Wow! All right. So, what or why do I even need a stamper in this whole vinyl pressing process? What does it do? Uh, well. The purpose of a stamper is uh, to enable the mass production of uh, vinyl records. So you can get records cut directly on a lathe. Um, and so, yeah, the music goes straight onto the record and then that's finished. Um, you probably heard about, yeah, like lathe cuts and things like that. Um, but in that case, you're probably only going to get maximum 50 because they only do very limited runs of those kind of things because it's cut in real time. Mm -hmm. Um, so what a stamper is essentially doing, um, it's a copy of what is going to be on your record and it's a nickel plate and it fits into the press. You have two per record, so an A and a B or a C and a D, um, and they go in the press and essentially stamp the music onto the PVC. <laughs> All right. It means so that yeah, you can get more than one. <laughs> So what materials are, are typically used to, to create stampers? Uh, so a stamper is 100% uh, pure nickel. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, so the, they're, they're made in nickel plating bars, which contain uh, some, some chemical agents like boric acid uh, and wetting agents. Uh, but the actual deposit is 100% pure nickel. Um, Nickel is used because uh, may, one of the main reasons is it's extremely corrosion resistant. So sort of the high pressure steam um, and the heat of the press doesn't affect it. Uh, it's incredibly uh, 
uh, hard, uh, meaning that it will re- retain uh, the shape of the grooves uh, uh, even after sort of a thousand impressions. Um, and you can you can electroplate it as well, which is one of the main reasons it's used. How is a stamper created? Uh, do you, well, do you wanna? Uh, no, I can. Um, that's me, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you have you are a band or an artist or a label. Um, so you will send your music to a cutting studio, uh, which has a cutting lathe. They will then cut your music onto a 14-inch disc. Um, the disc is called a lacquer disc or an acetate or sometimes a dub plate even. Um, and that will, that is what will get sent to us. Uh, so the start of the process is that we will uh, coat that with um, silver. That, well, that, that, that makes the plastic disc, disc conductive and means that we can put it through the electroplating process. Uh, so that goes into a plating bath. And then over the course of about uh, two hours, you gradually build up a layer of nickel onto the surface. Uh, and when that's as thick as you want it, you take it out of the bath and separate it. Um, and that is the, that's the, yeah, that's the first stage of making a stamper. So if you wanted to make a mother and a father, um, you would then take the silver off the stamper uh, and then uh, the lacquer disc is now uh, used, that's done. Uh, you would then use the stamper to grow a mother. Um, All right. Uh, Michael asked a question about hot stampers. So I don't know if you have heard this, but there is uh, um, are people saying in, in the vinyl community, if you have like the earliest copy of a stamper, the sound quality of the pressing uh, is way better than uh, like 20 or 30 copies from that stamper later on. What is your opinion about this? And thank you, Michael, for that question. Uh, so in the yeah, the topic of hot stampers um, is a bit of a weird one because you, as the consumer, you have absolutely no idea uh, when in the press run that was done, when in um, how many mothers were made, how many stampers were made. Uh, you have no idea what's going on in the plant. Um, what can be useful is, and is more indicative when people talk about hot stampers, is especially in the heyday of sort of record production when plants like Capitol and Columbia would have pressed records at uh, numerous facilities. Um, so you're, you can sort of hone in as much as saying sort of the, the Burbank pressing is better than the, um, I forget, my mind's gone blank. Usually it's always the Monarch pressing, which is better than everybody else. Like Sterling, like Presswick, like Monarch is always the one who's considered the best. Um, yeah, so you, so you can sort of, there's hot stampers to that extent because the chances are each of those might have been a different cut, which would be, uh, have sort of slight audio differences. And there may be differences um, in different press runs. But in terms of being able to lay, narrow it down to the start of the run or anything like that, I think that's that's a little bit of a myth. 
Thanks for pointing that out. You mentioned a lacquer. And there was a question which came in uh, by mail from, from Julian. And he says, how often can you play a lacquer um, till you have uh, distortions and sound or problems with the sound quality? After how many runs are you having issues? Well, I've got a lacquer here <laughs> to show. Oh, well, hold on. I'll make you, I'll make you big. Hold on. Yeah. Here we are. This Perfect. is a processed one, so it's already been in the baths. Um, because we wouldn't want to risk getting out one that hasn't uh, gone in yet. But yeah, that is what a lacquer looks like when it arrives with us. Um, well, I guess this is sort of linked to uh, one step, two step, three step processing. Um, so when we receive a box of lacquers for one of our clients, um, we'll book it in and what we'll ask them is how they'd like it processing um and yeah the choices are one step two step three step um if they choose one step processing then the lacquer is just well actually each time the lacquer is only going to get processed once but with one step the stamp is coming directly from the lacquer and then that's it that's the process done um so then two step is the, the exact same process but then the stamper goes back into the bath and then a mother is grown. Um, so that's what Martin's mentioned before um, with the mothers and everything like that. And then with the three step, instead of a stamper being grown first, um, it's a father, which is a stamper, but a bit thicker. And then a mother is grown from that and then a stamper from that. Um, so each time the actual lacquer is only being processed once, um, you don't process lacquers more than once unless we've been asked to or if it's like an emergency. Um, but yeah, once the lacquer's been processed, that's that. And then every, all the details from that should then be on the mother, yeah. on the stamper's father. Um, so yeah, it depends on the processing in that sense. Um, okay. So there it is. Sorry, yeah, please. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of sort of uh, playing the lacquer as well, um, we, yeah, we, you would not play a lacquer before uh, processing it. Uh, the, it may be sort of unnoticeable damage by playing it, running, running a playback stylus across it, but the risk is that the lacquer is so soft, even playing it once can potentially uh, damage the lacquer. All right. So is there, uh, when, when creating a stamper, um, certain things you have to consider with the thickness of a stamper for certain projects, or is there always the same thickness of a stamper? Uh, yeah, so the thickness is always the same. Um, so a widely sort of accepted uh, industry standard is the thickness of 240 microns. Um, so we would, for example, guarantee we will provide a stamp of this uh, 240 microns within five microns. Um, and the sort of the trade-off is you can go a little heavier, maybe you can go up to 250 microns. Uh, but because of the uh, thickness of the stamper, then your cycle time would be a little bit longer, but the stamper would last a little longer. Uh, so, or you can make the stamper a little bit thinner you can get quicker cycle times, but you don't get as many records out of the stamper. So 240 microns is sort of a, a good, uh, a good middle ground, but generally you wouldn't, you wouldn't change it from project to project. That's just sort of, um, uh, 
yeah, your 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 factory standard. Um, but what was the what was the, what was the second part? <laughs> I think you you you've answered that. If there is a difference between certain projects of the thickness of a stamper, um, how long does a stamper last? You said that you have a certain amount of records you can press with the stamper. Is there a limit where you can say? Now uh, we have, or is there a limit on the machine which says, okay, now you've pressed like, I don't know, 100, change the stamper. How can I imagine that? Um, yeah, so we say a general rule of thumb is that a pair of stampers should get you a thousand records. Um, so, yeah, that's where, so if, you, if people have ordered a one-step project, it's probably because they're not planning on pressing more than a thousand Um And yeah, I think from a, a press operator's point of view, is it when it starts to split? Or yeah, when? so um, it varies. You can, I mean, one thousand is the is the rough the rough guide. It can be some customers have got. I think the record is about four thousand. Um, generally, you have shoulders on the stamper and and sort of a a bushing that holds it down in the center. Uh, and every time you impress the record, the um, press puts about a hundred tons of force down. So those shoulders and that center, uh, they they they're generally the first parts to go before before you'd get any sort of audio issues. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So how do you make sure? I can imagine because I had I was in a record plant when I was in in Harlem, and I kind of imagine it a little bit more like a laboratory kind of environment but it was there were machines and there were you know there were dirt and all of this so how can you make sure that the the stamper will be perfect without any any problems how do you maintain this um well yeah so if you think about the size the size of a groove is about 100 microns um so anything sort of that size getting getting stuck in a groove would potentially give you a pop or a click um so we don't have a sort of a scientific level clean room but sort of uh, this, this the stamper manufacturing part of the factory uh is yeah it's pretty clean um the solution is constantly going through filters um Our sort of air and water supplies are sort of heavily filtered. Um, all the chemicals we buy to put into the baths are sort of lab grade. Um, so, uh, yeah, whilst it's not sort of a perfect clean room, it probably is cleaner than most sort of uh, plating plants. I have here a great question from Justin Peters. Have you ever compared record number one of the stampers versus record 1000? And if so, did you notice a difference in the playback? Great question, Justin. Thank you. Um, I have done, yeah. And no, I did not notice a difference. Um, I, yeah, I think you can get a... Uh, presses, presses can sometimes be very temperamental and there's a real problem in the, in, in the industry of people getting lots of pops and clicks on their test pressings because the press really likes it when it's up and running at temperature. Uh, a cold press that, where the moles haven't fully heated up and sort of got up, got up to, uh, got up to temperature, you're more likely actually to have a bad number one record than you are record 1000. Uh, and generally 
at a pressing plant when they turn the presses on and start pressing the first 10 or 20 records are actually sacrificial and they're just thrown away after so if i have a test pressing of a record because it's considered having a promo or test pressing which is once again from the earliest version of of the stamper mother father um doesn't necessarily mean that i have the best kind of quality like we've mentioned before so it could be like when the machine's really running right on temperature it could be like 100 or 200 before uh, we get kind of the perfect uh, result exactly yeah mm. yeah now you destroyed some kind of my dreams <laughs> so like i said i've always heard like oh test pressings are way better and promos are way better because they're from an early version but that not it's not necessarily the case uh, because like you said the machine and everything needs to be needs to be right on on, on top wow okay so when you have this stamper um how do you maintain like quality control so uh, I've, I've seen on the clip and i will post a link to your youtube channel right on that uh, you kind of have a microscope where you're watching uh, everything uh, also where you take um i think it was the mother or the father from the stamper and play play the silver plate on the turntable um to to maintain that you have no issues and then i thought okay you put it on a turntable you need to clean your your stylist and everything to make sure that it's not an issue with the system you're having how to you how do you do that to first make sure that it's not an, a, a pop or a click a problem with the, with the stylist or with the system and um how how do you do that uh, yeah, you can get you can hold hold one up. Um, I'll make the big ones again. Yes. So uh, yeah, I mean, I would say um, from our point of view, there's sort of there's two main schools of quality control. There's the the quality of the actual nickel deposit, um, and then Sorry, this is another. Uh, so that is how ductile is the nickel? How long will it last on press? How well, long will it maintain its shape? Uh, but there's also the audio quality. Um, so the two biggest tools you have are just your eye and your, your eyes and your ears. So every stamper is visually checked. So uh, any scratches or um, yeah, dings or marks, generally you can spot them. Um, but every single mother that we grow gets tested as well. That's where we catch sort of most. Um, errors but your sort of your question about styluses um it's kind of the other way around because nickel is so hard uh we actually get through about one stylus a week um, you're kidding so you're kidding. okay how do you order them like in 100 batches do you get a discount yeah we yeah. buy we, we, we buy them wholesale um okay. so the nickel wears away the stylus so there's uh there's more risk of damaging the stylus than there is damaging the mother. All right. So uh, Marius had also uh, a question. Welcome, Marius. Thank you for joining. So question about newly pressed vinyl record. How clean or dirty is it due to the process? And do you believe that new records should be cleaned or is it clean enough from the pressing, pressing plant? Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> it's... It depends. Um, I think the main issue with what people would call dirty records from a pressing plant uh, can can be attributed to uh, static. 
So it depends how statically charged the record what record was coming off the press. Because you can imagine uh, record presses run very hot. Uh, the, the records are warm, especially if you're pressing in a cold environment. The record can build up quite a lot of static charge. Uh, and if it's going into a non-polyline sleeve or going into a paper sleeve, um, it can really sort of attract a lot of dirt. So there's not a there's not a general rule, but it should. In an ideal world, it should be clean um, when it gets to you. Uh, but um, yeah, only only you can judge what you're happy to play. <laughs> so I, I can only say from my experience is that I have to clean every record I'm getting from the pressing plant. There was a, a, a time like a year or so ago, about 10 records and eight of them were warped and you put them out. And what I also don't understand, but um, that's not your fault, you're not a pressing plant is, uh, or, or the client of a pressing plant is these paper inner sleeves. I do get that in the 60s and, and so it was absolutely normal to have a, a paper inner sleeve. And today when I put it out on a paper inner sleeve, I have sometimes light surface scratches because I put it out, I tear it open. And from my experience, it's always very, very dirty when it comes out of a pressing plant. I once had even little tiny wood uh, wood particles all over the record. Don't know where this was coming from, but that was that was not a nice experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, some presses, some pressing plants do run sort of like their clean rooms, and some of them are uh, very much factories. Um, so there, there is a lot of variation in quality. Uh, Okay, so somebody ordered um, a, a stamper and then calls and says, hey, I need like two or three more. Uh, how, how can you handle that and how fast is this going? Um, so yeah, th that's uh, linked to whether or not how the lacquer was processed in the first place. So if someone needs a replacement stamper, then hopefully the original job was ordered as a two-step because then that means we have the mother um, to grow from, which Martin is showing now. Um, so yeah, we when we've processed a lacquer as two-step, we store the mothers here um, so that if our client needs another stamper, we know where to find it and then we can just put it back in the baths and then it can grow a stamper from there. Um, so a mother should give you about 10 stampers. Um, so if you have ordered a two-step job, then you can potentially press 10,000 and if it's three step it's a hundred thousand um and yeah if you've if you've ordered it as a one step and you need a replacement uh this is when sometimes people have asked for a regrow and it goes back the lacquer goes back in the bath but we don't advise to do that um but yeah so yeah from the mother you can get more stampers and it can take well in the bath it takes around two hours um, so I think the other day we had a client and he had three urgent additional stampers that he needed. We had the mothers here. He ordered them at 4 p.m. from us and we shipped them out the next morning. So oh. miracles can happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I can imagine this can be a very stressful job. And also you have a lot of responsibility. So if something is ever happening and you, you press a, pr a batch of 1,000 records or more and there was just a tiniest little issue, so that I can, I think it's, it's a lot of pressure you, you, you're under then. Yeah, so with big 
jobs like yeah that are over sort of a certain amount um clients will tell us how many sets of stampers they'll need for the full run but what we will do is we'll send them the first set of stampers they'll run their test pressings from that pair and then confirm with us that it's past TP approval, their client's happy. And then from that, we're confident that we can then grow the additional sets from the mothers that we have. Because if there were any QC issues, hopefully most of them would have shown up at that point. Um, so there's a lot of this on our uh, video, the troubleshooting, the test pressing, uh, where we yeah go through how we sort of make sure that yeah, all the QC stages are covered. And if something does come up, how we sort of, yeah, find a solution to that. All right. Marius is asking, I know, I'm um, sorry, not this one. He's asking, so no issues with release agent or technology of imprinted release agent into vinyl takes care of it. What, first of all, is a release agent? Does anybody? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. sure. Um, I, is Marius talking about uh, the, the the lack of growing process or the pressing process? So, uh, so Marius, please point that out a little a little more so uh, the the people can answer this right away. All right. Um, so, is the process of creating the stamper the same as it was in the heydays of vinyl, or is there some um, new invitations coming up, some new new technologies, or is it like like one hundred years almost the same? Or how how is there any any new technologies involved? Um, broadly, I mean. The principle of electroplating uh, hasn't changed. Um, you're running, um, uh, yeah, from an anode to a cathode in an electrolyte solution. So, to that extent, the process hasn't radically changed. Um, but as you can imagine, sort of uh, the chemical industry, the plating industry, the spray industry—they're all constantly sort of innovating. Um, so. The core, the core of the process hasn't changed, but we do sort of take take what we can um, from uh, yeah from from other industries basically, um, and quite a lot of sort of some of the older stamper manufacturing plants have kind of sort of picked up where they left off in the in the eighties, um, whereas we've sort of pinched quite a lot from. Uh, optical discs, so CD, DVD, Blu-ray, they were all uh, nickel stampers as well. So the industry, without people knowing it, did actually advance quite a lot and was going up until sort of uh, the early to late 2000s. Um, so, yeah, we've sort of picked up where, where optical discs left off as opposed to where vinyl left off. All right, Mario's the same pressing process. Release agent that helps new vinyl become less sticky after the press. Um, yeah, so uh, I think what Marius is talking about is um, there's no release agent added specifically to the stampers, uh, but um, the PVC compound that is used to press press does is a uh, record specific compound so it's not the same pvc that's being used to make drain pipes and toothbrushes is so it does have um 
lubricants and stabilizers in it so that it does uh, basically, yeah, not stick to the stampers um, and hopefully not warp so much uh, and uh, things like that. But there's so nothing, nothing specific done to the stampers. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I put in the chat the link to Stamper Disc and also the YouTube channel where you can see three very amazing, amazing videos. And Mara says, thanks. So thanks for these questions. So if you guys are having questions up there, now is your chance to have the, uh, the experts right up here with us. So... Um, also, questions which got in is um, eco-friendly. How eco-friendly is making these stampers for the environment? Um, fairly. Uh, <laughs> so um, we're actually we're currently in the process of I think we're the first ever stamper company that's uh, carbon footprinting a stamper and working out. Um, well, yeah, what our actual carbon footprint is because you can't begin to sort of say how eco-friendly you are until you you know what the damage is to begin with. Um, but broadly, sort of making a stamper, uh, you does use a lot of electricity, but in turn it can produce uh, over a thousand records. So, sort of its carbon footprint is spread quite thin uh, across across the press run, um, and our main apart from nickel our main sort of input is uh, electricity uh so all of our electricity is comes from uh renewable sources um and you can't see a window in the background but we currently have uh scaffolding up as we're having uh solar panels fitted that will hopefully uh offset the sort of 20 percent of our electricity um and also the the stampers we're making are such high purity nickel uh there's absolutely no wastage we actually any scrap or trim uh we actually get quite a lot of money for uh selling to um metal buyers around here i can imagine yeah <laughs> <laughs> so energy is a good uh, good thing so um we, we shouldn't open that in germany because the energy is a topic right now up here as well so but <laughs> we're not going into that rabbit hole but what i see is i need a strong since i'm have see you guys right next to me i need a stronger lightning i think i'm a total in the dark and you are after a perfect picture i need a stronger lightning that's unbelievable so wrecked trousers vinylists ask how can you ensure the quality of the pvc what effect does it have on the final product thanks for that question um yeah so well how can you ensure the i mean I'll answer the second part first. It does have a huge effect. Um, PVC is being is going through uh, a hopper, then through an extruder, uh, and it's heated up to uh, about 120, 130 degrees, uh, and then it's squished uh, between the stampers. Um, so if the PVC doesn't have a broad enough temperature range and it begins to break down, that'll be an extremely crackly record. Um, and yeah, so it can have a huge effect. It, it can probably have a big, the quality of the PVC used can probably have a bigger effect on sound quality than a lot of other things. Uh, but as for how to ensure the quality, um, that's sort of a, that's a tough one because it, 
it's such a large industrial process that you, you it's not something you can sort of uh have too much say over but i would just say go with a pvc supplier that knows what they're doing um and there is lots and lots of pvc suppliers out there uh like ineos like plast chem like dugdale who have actually invested a lot of uh resources and time into making record specific compounds as good as they can be um so you have to sort of yeah find a good supplier and put your trust in them is all i can say so Maris says uh, that uh, eco-friendly is more than a one dollar pen made in China, and I think he's probably right about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I mean, one one thing we've sort of uh, realized as well is, is we supply uh, around thirty pressing plants around the world, um, and the, I think the biggest thing you can do uh, to cut down the carbon footprint of a record is to press it locally. Uh, so if you're in Australia, uh, there's uh, three really good pressing plants there. Don't buy from the Czech Republic and ship it. Um, if you're in Germany, there's a lot of local pressing plants. Um, the, yeah, the best, the biggest eco-friendly thing you can do with a record is, is get it made locally. Marius. Speaking of PVC, how many grades are there and where are you with PVC grade in the budgeting of your project? Nice question once again. Thank you, Marius. Uh, we're going a little out of my uh, <laughs> a little out of my depth here. As we, we only make the stampers. We don't have anything to do with the pressing. Um, so it would it would be the uh, the pressing plant that specifies the PVC. Um, and They probably, yeah, I would say uh, ask a pressing plant. Yeah. <laughs> Because we've had that discussion when we were visiting uh, the pressing plant in Harlem, and there was always this kind of thing that um, rec or, or PVC with metallic, uh, silver metallic, gold metallic, they tend to be more noisy than uh, records with black vinyl. But yeah, uh, this should be considered with the pressing plant. Absolutely. So are you allowed to tell us a little bit how, uh, what, what kind of clients you were having? What was the most exciting project you were working uh, about? As Elise said in her uh, video that she was very happy that they had a client and she was like one of the first people to hear that album, which was super exciting for her. So are you allowed to talk a little bit about the, the people who, who yeah get in touch with you? Um, no, is the short <laughs> answer. <laughs> Um, not specifics anyway. So yeah, we've got, you know, NDAs and things with um, yeah. our clients. But yeah, we can say that we've worked on some, yeah, good and very exciting projects. Um, quite a few albums that have ended up going to number one. Um, we always get a few of the Mercury nominees as well. Um, And yeah, so, but I think, yeah, our clients sort of, they cover a wide range of genres and types of, yeah, music. So we do, we see a yeah, good range of things from sort of the local scene in certain places to stuff that you hear on the radio. So it's always exciting. But yeah, there was one project which I can't talk about, but it was very <laughs> exciting for me personally. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. 
so without of course mentioning the client but what was for for you guys or maybe for each individual of you uh, the most exciting project and why was it because of the artist or was it because it was uh, a challenging project or because it was super short on time do you can share that with us um yeah so the one that i keep talking about that was exciting for me because the artist in question hadn't even announced um a new album yet and then it came so we got the lacquers in and i saw what it was and so that was very exciting because like, we didn't even know um so then yeah then i could listen to it um and then obviously it ended up being a big project as well but yeah i think it's always it's stressful sometimes getting the big projects but also is you do get that sense of joy at the end when it's finished and you see that it's gone to number one and your client's happy um But yeah, but then there's lot, yeah, there's loads of different things I think that we all enjoy about the projects that come in. Like you've probably got a completely opposite yeah, no, I've, idea. I've got I've got I've kind of got two answers if uh, that's allowed. Um one the one aspect of some jobs that I really enjoy. Uh we do lots and lots of stampers, um for sort of high end audio trade shows, demonstration discs and stuff. Uh and stuff people call sort of ultra hd h vinyl and so i kind of sort of i really appreciate the challenge of those projects because i think sort of if it's good enough for uh, uh these high-end audio shows on fifty thousand pound uh turntables then we're doing we're doing all right um but i also really i mean i've been very involved in uh music uh sort of for all my life so i, lo I love working on friends bands and friends projects more than anything um awesome cranberry sauce which i like very much by the way says insights about emi distributed some stampers for beatles to the commonwealth countries in the 1960s australia south africa singapore every road pressed should be equal equivalent to the uk do you agree uh yes uh to some extent they should be equivalent um so i think i don't know if it was, it was emi but there's also plants in um in india um in yeah all around sort of uh, south america as well um and yeah it would be it would have been normal for emi to send uh or any other big label to send either mothers uh or stampers sort of around the world, probably, probably mothers so they could make stampers as needed on site. Um, but even after the stampers, there's quite a lot that can sort of um, go wrong. So I wouldn't say stampers coming from Abbey Road or uh, EMI would necessarily be a guarantee of quality because you still have uh the local supply chain and all the sort of the pressing that goes with it where where things can happen so uh, especially with the vinyl quality i mean like if if you are going back to the zambia uh, pressings which are super noisy and everything because the vinyl uh, was bad so there is not the best stamper in the world who can save that so if you guys did, if you guys created the stamp for Little Smith, Laura Connor, Raya, you did an excellent job. Elisa's smiling. <laughs> I think we, I don't know. I think <laughs> one of them, we can say one. 
We did one of them. Yeah. We won't say which one though. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, well done. Well done. So <laughs> Maris is saying good test pressing end up in your private collection. I don't think you make the test pressings, right? That's the pressing. Uh, no, but uh, we do commonly uh, ask for them to be sent back to QC. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> Um, of course. Yeah, yeah so, sure. You need to check that. Yeah, I ask every time to have a huge collection of test pressings, which I've learned, Marius, which we've learned just a couple of minutes ago, that this is not necessarily the best quality pressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think so. Sort of one of my initial, uh, when I was much younger, one of my initial inspirations for getting into the record pressing industry uh, was to try and get free records. So. <laughs> That's that's so great. So, um, what is the typical lead time from producing stampers from order to placement to delivery? We've just heard a couple of hours. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's how long it will take when the lacquer goes into production. But that's just sort of in the baths for one step. So every step that's added, there's another two hours added. Um, but then there's also things like lacquer prepping. Um, and then the forming as well. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned before, like we can get, you know, urgent jobs turned around really quickly, but sort of standard order times, say someone placed an order with us today, they're probably going to get their stampers sent out to them towards the end of next week. Um, but yeah, so we, we've recently expanded. I don't know if we've mentioned that. So we were in an other, another place um, and now we've tripled our capacity. Um, so lead times have yeah come down a lot um because yeah when i started at stamper Dis, it was early 2021 which was sort of the start of all the horror stories about lead times and everything like that um and it was quite hectic <laughs> <laughs> um but and because of that we've expanded and yeah so it's all a bit easier going now and uh, yeah people are getting their stampers a lot quicker so yeah i think for a while we were a bit of a bottleneck for everyone because you can't really rush it once it's in the baths that's it needs to be in there for that long um and you only have so many baths so yeah yeah i can imagine also finding uh personal for for doing this job i think everywhere you hear like people are being uh, needed to to work in certain companies so you really have a shortcoming of uh professionals in the job how is that with you guys um yeah, I mean, so my, my background was in making stampers, so that was sort of my experience. Um, but we've found that uh, there's absolutely, you, you can't look for someone um, with stamper making experience because they they don't really exist. <laughs> uh, we just try and employ uh, bright people who love music, um, and uh, you can train everything else, but you can't train the right attitude. Um, mm. So someone that ha someone has to sort of understand uh, the importance of what the record is in the world, um, and then everything else you can train. I think. So, guys, if you're looking for a job opportunity, if I would be living in Sheffield, you can be sure that I would be asking, employ me. I, I, I would be in quality control because I need to hear the test pressings. Mm. 
That would be great. Um, so, Marius, um, if they can talk about it, so which projects uh, or project are you most proud of and which one was the most challenging? Um, well, without being probably too specific, there's always the challenging ones where, you know, the test pressings keep getting rejected, there's recuts coming in, and... You know, sometimes there's ones where you, you, we find like you're finding it hard to pinpoint where the actual issue is coming from. Um, but yeah, I don't know off the top of my head a specific example. Um, it's definitely frustrating jobs that you get. <laughs> yeah, so I, th I think sort of uh, even the best pressed record in the world from the best studio, from the best stamper manufacturer. Hopefully, yes. Uh, uh, and the best pressing plant. Um, you're still, whatever you do, you're you're pulling uh, a needle across plastic, uh, and there'll always be a degree of surface noise. Um, and sometimes, uh, sort of ambient or sort of soundscape artists, they really sort of push the boundaries of uh, what a record can do. Uh, and what they can, what they expect from it, but uh, yeah, we, we we try and we try and meet everyone's standards. <laughs> so Mara says a very diplomatic answer. And what can I say, Mara? These are professionals. Of course, it's a diplomatic answer. <laughs> and Cranberry Saw says that passion, love for music across the many stages of the process is so great and wonderful for making our life more enjoyable. Very glad to see you so committed. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So you, you you mentioned that test pressings are getting rejected. Who is rejecting the press uh, the test pressing? Is this done by you or the artist who hears the test pressing and says, "Oh no, I'm not happy with that." Yeah. Well, so it'll be the pressing plant and their client, um, and then we'll get that fed back to us. Um, so yeah, we might get an email that says. Um, from our clients saying that their clients rejected this test pressing because there's a pop on track five on the A side at about X amount of seconds. And then that's when we can check the mother um, and we'll check it for the same pop. And if we can hear it on there, then we'll trace it back to the lacquer. And it's, it's sort of like a train of finding out where something could have come from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's the our clients' clients. Um, yeah, so generally, uh, the the general train is before it's even left the factory, we'll check the mother, um, and then I'd say any big, massive issues, sort of sound noise across the whole side, or this cutting stylus has combusted halfway through saying we'll catch the big stuff before it goes out mm. uh, the normally the pressing plant uh will listen to the test pressing in full um before it gets sent to the artist uh and then it goes to the artist and they will test press it they will listen to the test pressing so generally by the time it's actually got to the artist it's gone through uh quite a quite a few stages um so the, the the issues coming back from the artists are generally let's say quite nuanced ones um around sort of the mastering and things like that um i think our 
our, our rework rate, I think, is around it's just under one percent at the moment. So we're sort of we're doing doing okay. <laughs> yeah, but I can imagine that you have the test pressing and you're in the, in, the, in a record plant and you listen to it and you have pop and pops and clicks. You're going to check if is it happening on your end because it would be very very um would be disappointing and not good to say oh it was the stampers guy but it turns out that it actually was a problem of of my my machines or anything. So I can imagine that everybody's testing before they send out. Yeah. So wrecked trouser vinyl is the same. So the best quality stampers can be ruined by the pressing plant because the quality control is not as good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, at every, yeah, at every stage of the process, um, things can go wrong. Uh, so, Even the best, uh, the best uh, song, the best mastered song in the whole world, can be uh, ruined by a mastering engineer, and the best cut in the whole world can be ruined by a stamper maker, and the best stamper can be ruined by a pressing plant, uh, and the best record could probably be ruined by someone sleeving it. So at every stage, you can sort of uh, <laughs> uh, lose the quality. So uh, everyone has to be at the top of their game all the time. So, yeah, I, I now got a total new um, aspect of everything and what's all involved that I can now have finally a product like this in my shelf and can play it. How much love and, and work has to be done until this arrives at my uh, at my place. And also looking back, like in the, in the 70s or records from the 50s, um, when they started, I think in the mid 50s, they started to have that on, on, on 12 inch and all of this. So you can still have a very enjoyable record. What everything got into that is absolutely stunning. All right. So um, last question, question. How do you support your customers in case they encounter issues or have questions about using stampers? So I'm, I'm a new band and uh, I have no idea what the hell I want. So I'm going to call you and what are you going to do? Uh, well, to start, we have a great customer service team, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, and yeah, they'll get in touch with us. And basically, we will find out from them, them at what like stage they're at in their ordering process. Like, do they need contacts to a cutting studio? Do they need us to point us in the direction of a pressing plant? Because um, most of our, even though we have worked with um, artists directly before, most of our clients are the pressing plant. Um, so most of the time we'll advise people if they're not a pressing plant to go through them. Um, and yeah, and then we'll find out sort of what they are wanting what the quantity is, um, if they need advice on if they should go one step, two step, three step, um, and that sort of thing. And then, yeah, just as we've been talking about with quality control, um, every order to us is equal. So every order is going to go through the same QC processing. Um, and yeah, sometimes our clients ask for recordings of certain bits so we can record um, the mother, we can send that um over to them and sometimes they do that because they want to compare what they're hearing on a test pressing to what we've got here um but yeah so sort of yeah anything to add to that no i think i think there's some yeah some sort of examples of uh 
issues on one, on one of the videos on our YouTube um, and sort of how they're resolved. Um, my part of my sort of background is uh, I used to, as well as making stambas, I used to run presses. So sort of, um, and I'd say that being, I think we're probably one of, if not the biggest sort of independent stamper supplier in the world. So we have sort of, with all those things combined, we have a pretty sort of good viewpoint of um, where issues are coming from. And a lot of the, we've seen a lot of things before. Um, so, yeah, hopefully sort of, yeah. All, all we want is a speedy resolution and a good, a good record. Um, that's our goal. So whatever, whatever we need to do. What are your favorite, what's your favorite album, Louise and Martin? Well, ever, <laughs> ever in my whole, like, um, oh my, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I could think about it for days and days and days, uh, but off the top of my head, uh, sell, the first self-titled album by the Ramones. Hmm. It's, uh, I can imagine. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best in my opinion. Yeah. I think, yeah, my, I probably say um, it's His and Hers by Pulp. Um, if people are interested on our website, we have got our 12 top albums there. <laughs> um, so if they wanted to have a snoop at that, but that changes regularly as well. So, um, but yeah, no, I'll go for Pulp, His and Hers. <laughs> okay. I'll put once again, the link to your website in the comments. So there were big news yesterday. You're coming from the, from the UK, the new Beatles song. Have you heard it? What's your opinion about it? We've heard it many times because <laughs> like, in the in the factory we have on uh, BBC Radio Six Music, um, yeah. you've got the first exclusive play of it. Only yesterday, but it feels like a while ago because they have played it a lot since then. Um, but I like it. I I think it's I think the way they've done it and how they've been talking about it, how they've done it, it's very clever. Um, can't speak for Martin. I don't know what your opinion is on the Beatles. Uh, the, other week, <laughs> the other week I actually went to the Beatles Museum in uh, Liverpool. Um, yeah, I think it's sort of, it's not the best song they've ever done, but... Um, but the way it's come about is very yeah, different and it's sort of exciting to see what other stuff can come from like the technology. Yeah, in this. I'm, so, yeah. I'm more excited about the uh, the potential it shows for sort of what else is out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and the I, I totally get that. For me, the most important, important, not, but I like the story about it and I like what they did with the technology. Mm. So actually, I'm not the biggest. I, 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 yes, I like the Beatles, but I actually have no Beatles record at all. Um, and uh, so I, I, I prefer the Ramones or other other bands uh, at that at that point. But yeah, cranberry sauce. Do you find colleagues in other pressing plants are helpful and co cooperative in sharing tips to improve quality all around? Um, yes, ab absolutely. Uh, I mean, I would say that um, probably no one gets into record pressing uh to to get rich um and if they do they don't do so well everyone's doing it because they love the music uh, so yeah generally yeah people everyone has the shared goal and it's a very um it's a very 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 friendly industry 
there's sort of organizations um, springing up like the VRMA and the Final Alliance uh, that everyone is sort of very much based around um, sharing information and um, every yeah everyone just loves records so it's uh, a <laughs> nice working towards a shared goal. Perfect. So, guys, if one of you is having a question, that's now the moment to do it. Otherwise, we will wrap it up at around one hour. And all I can say is I enjoyed that very, very much. And it's absolutely beautiful to see how dedicated the both of you are. And I'm sure all your colleagues in the company are about the product you're, you're doing. And um, that's that's just fantastic. I think I just re realized we haven't actually shown you a stamper. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hold on, I'll make you big sure as a stamper, of course. So, yeah, this is how we will send them out to our clients. So, they're not blue, that is film over the top to protect it. Um, so, yeah, this will have been formed to the client specification, um, but they all pretty much look like this. Um, so, yeah, they've got a shoulder. It's very thin, like 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 I don't know where I put put my pizza on. Yeah, and then yeah, they are sort of do move a little bit. But yeah, so that is a stamper, what we've been talking about. And then <laughs> one fits like that, and then one will be on the bottom, and then they'll press together. Wow! So this is the daily daily business of you. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I think I come one day I come over to Sheffield and have a look at this. But uh, in, in the meantime, once again, I post the link to the YouTube channel where you can see three. Are, are there coming some more videos? Uh, nothing planned, but we're kind of sort of uh, quite enjoyed making the last three. So who knows? But because there were there was totally totally great. So Rack Browsers Finalist says, thank you, fascinating. And yeah, guys, if you are not having any questions, we'll wrap it up now. Once again, a big, big thank you to Elise and Martin from Stamper Disc. And um, take, thanks so much for taking the time on a Friday evening. Um, I had the opportunity to have a Cobra Libra now. I switched from Switch oh. to Cobra Libra. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm off to get one now. <laughs> So uh, that's for me always the good part, being at home and not to, to drive anymore, so I can enjoy that a little more. So, yeah, thanks for everybody who watched it. And once again, if you know somebody or if you're a band or uh, something uh, and, and you need someone to take takes care of your stampers and maybe some more, you have a great customer support, you've just heard that, get in touch with Stamper Disc. And as you can see, the people who work there are very committed to what they do. Yeah. So, guys, thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. We do hope that you enjoyed our latest interview, and stay tuned for other exciting episodes here on the Vinyl Community Podcast. <laughs>